Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Use the promo code SGP50 to receive a 50% deposit bonus today. We're also brought to you by Odds Shark. They have the latest betting stats and trends you won't find anywhere else, plus free picks from their supercomputer and expert writing staff. Follow them on Twitter at OddsShark and www.oddsshark.com. We're also brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is the only app that puts all the knowledge you need to make smart bets in the palm of your hand. Log on to betql.co to download the app today. Listening to the World Cup special here on the Sports Gambling Podcast. The Sports Gambling Podcast is sponsored by mybookie.ag. Use the promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus. Everything we give out here on the Sports Gambling Podcast is available on mybookie.ag. So every single World Cup pick here on the EPL show will be available on mybookie.ag. I am joined on this World Cup podcast, not by my regular colleague, James George, but by international football expert. You may remember him from the 2014 World Cup, the European Championships, and the man who absolutely smashed the Copa America to pieces. I am joined by Mr. Jeff Cohen. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, we did. It's been a while, but um, last time we uh, we looked at the European Championships, I believe we did pretty well. And certainly on the Copa America, we picked out an absolute... Uh, stonker of a bet with the top scorer um, Vargas um, for the second Copa in a row so I'm looking forward to this one I'm looking forward to World Cup it's going to be a great World Cup what I like about our little group is that I do we we are I do consider us to be intelligent football fans uh, a lot of a lot of people were diving in during the Champions League with uh, Man City and Paris Saint-Germain and even the bookies fell for that and I thought in our group chat the kind of the kind of assumption was is that no, I just anyone but. And I think we, me and James were very, very strongly on Real Madrid and Liverpool as a dark horse. I think you agreed as well from the start of that you just cannot rule out uh, the two Spanish clubs. And I think you you were on on the Madrid camp as well, weren't you? Just because they're just yeah, so I, strong. I was on the Madrid camp. Um, I also fancied Juve, who I still can't believe um, how they uh, they went out. But um, yeah, we've um, we've picked them uh, for the last few years. And definitely we, we weren't falling for the fad sides, uh, Man City and Paris. Uh, we just, I think we see through that. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that if we're looking at the, at the world cup here, the reason I mentioned the champions league specifically is because obviously a lot of people focus on their leagues now, and it makes it a little bit more difficult to, to look at European football. Uh, it looks like makes it a little bit more difficult to look at international football. And, um, what you're trying to do here is, um, you're trying to, look at the fashionable teams in the World Cup market and kind of remove them out if you're using that Champions League strategy and you're trying to find the the Barca's and the Reals in this and you're kind of trying to find the value. I have looked at this a few times and I don't know if you agree with me here, but I think the World Cup winner's market is priced up perfectly. There isn't a mispriced team. There isn't fashionable teams that are overpriced. There isn't a 
England as fourth favourite, something that we often see in this country. It seems to me that this is a very, very well-priced market with Brazil and Germany as the joint favourites, um, Spain and France, who are very hit and miss just behind them, and then Belgium as, I guess, the, the dark horses just slotted in behind, with um, with Argentina, I would say, being the only uh, overpriced team, because on paper, it looks to me like they've only got four world-cast players. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and, and I think we were speaking um, in the group chat earlier, um, and, I, and I said this is very much like the Champions League in that there wasn't really one stand outside in the Champions League for me. Um, we all fancied Rao to win it, but still, in, in past Champions Leagues, you've had Barca's and, and whatnot and Bayern's being very good. And just to to, uh, to bring it back to that, I think this is, as you said, very well priced. Um, but for me, um, there isn't one stand outside. If you look at past World Cups, you've had the Brazil sides where they've dominated. You've had the back-to-back um, champions, the Spanish, you've had the French do the same. Um, but this one, it really is open. I think you've got a lot of very good sides, but not one stand outside. I'll tell you one beautiful thing about this World Cup as well. Sometimes you're looking at it and you think this this golden generation and that golden generation, oh, this group of players are their last chance to win it. When you kind of have those players all that 30 odd years old and you think to yourself, oh, that's the last chance. This is one of the youngest World Cups I've seen. All these teams have a very, very low average age. If France don't win it this time, they're still going to be coming strong next time. Same for Spain. Brazil's side isn't that old. The England side has been deliberately picked to be to be very young. Um, I would say if there's anybody that calls into that category, I would say possibly the likes of Ronaldo and Messi. Their teams may only have one more go around it because they're going to lose such unbelievable world-class players by the next World Cup. But other than that, other than those two teams everybody's going to come again, aren't they? I mean, what you find, a lot of the European sides, um, they build towards it. You look at the Germans when they had that awful World Cup um, and then they and then they had their youth coming through and, and and the Spanish have done the same. They're building and the French are building. I think with the South Americans, they kind of just produce these players that haven't done anything and all of a sudden step up to the world. Um, so the world plate and, and, and a world class. So I think whereas the European side build towards it and, and are happy to take a bad World Cup or a bad European Championship, I think with the, the South American sides, their players at 21 are just ready to go and, and off the conveyor belt. So it, it is kind of different uh, situation if you look at the way the European sides build up and the way the South American sides build up. And the likes of Uruguay and the other South American sides always have... Uh, a team that is kind of real solid and bonded and they go for about three World Cups together. Um, it's crazy, but um, it's funny how it differs between the continents. Yeah, and, and, and that that's the thing. You take you take Messi out of the Argentina team, they go from 9-1 to one to 25-1. to one. You take Ronaldo out of the Portugal team, they go from 25-1 to one to 50-1, to one, yeah. in my opinion. They're, they're big, massive players and they won't see another World Cup and I think it's important to touch on that. Sometimes I like to go for a team that have uh, the most players that might be playing the final one and have one last go at it. So, um, but yeah, I, there really isn't that much of that. This is a very, very young World Cup, and this this is a, a lot of these players are going to be back again in, in four years' time um, for that terrible World Cup in um, where is it going to be? In, it's over. Is uh, next World Cup? Is is it's it? It's Qatar. Yeah, Qatar. Qatar. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the one where everybody's going <laughs> to going to die in the heat Um, let's look at group A Um, in this podcast which is part one we're going to be looking at groups A to E in part two which will be available in four or five days time uh, we're going to be looking at the remaining groups we're going to be looking at the future of the tournament we're going to look at the top goal scorer and then we're going to end with giving our 
accumulators or parlays as you guys call it that will last for the rest of the tournament long-term bets and we're going to be picking winners so a lot coming in part two but we're going to focus on the bread and butter which is the groups and how to bet those the first five groups here and we start with group a which russia are involved in who are the hosts um and the favourites to win this group are Uruguay, 8-11. to 11. I'm just going to look at the Uruguay team here. I'm going to do that where I can for the major teams here. Uh, Musilera, Valera, Godin, Jimenez, Laxalette, Nandez, Valverde, Vecino, Patuca, v- Cavani and Suarez. Obviously, Cavani and Suarez, massive strikers up front. Unbelievable centre-backs at the back. So you've got four world-class players, in my opinion, in this team. Yeah, definitely. And like... Um I always say the key to a strong World Cup and a strong international side is the spine of the team. And you look at the, even just if you look at the English sides that we've seen over the years, obviously we've not been successful, but the best sides have always had a strong spine. You look, we in 98, we had Seaman, um, Adams Campbell, you had Int Skulls, Sheridan Shearer, you know, a real strong spine. You look at this Uruguay side, this is what I like about it. The keeper's been around a while. The two defenders, not only are they solid defenders, centre-halves, not only... Uh, they international class. Uh, they play together their club football. Then you go through up to top um, with Suarez, Cavani, potentially the best strike force um, in the World Cup. You've also got Stuani, uh, who plays, who will be uh, coming on. So I like this Uruguay side. They've shown through past World Cups that they are strong in Copa Americas. They are tough to beat. Um, and when it comes to a knockout tournament, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't fancy playing Uruguay in a knockout stage at all because they are they are strong and they've got the ability um, up front in Suarez and Cavani to score against any team in the world. Strong side um, Uruguay. They will qualify out this group and they will qualify from this group um, as champions. Um, and the host Russia will go through in second place, in my opinion. That'll be two to one, Jeff. Just, yeah. That's as, as a as a as a straight forecast. I like the dual forecast. Uh, Eight to eleven, Russia and uh, Uruguay both to qualify simply because. This is a very weird tournament, whereas obviously it's always good where the hosts go for, go through, but this is very different because if the hosts don't go through here, football fans are actually going to get beaten up. Mm. <laughs> and so it's going to be blunt about it, but like that's that's the Russian mentality here. It's, it's beneficial for everybody's almost health and safety that, that Russia do progress at least to, until the next round where they'll probably play and get knocked out to Spain if it goes in the order that Jeff just gave out. Um, in addition to that, what's very, very interesting here is that there's been absolute, I looked at this, I've been looking at these markets throughout, so I can tell you for a fact, there's been absolutely no adjustment for what's happened to Mo Salah in this group. Egypt, um, were, there's no movement at all. Like, so for example, Russia and Uruguay both to qualify, you'd think would now be one to two yeah. or something like that. But it's been eight to 11 and it's been eight to 11 despite the fact Mo Salah's injury. Egypt are still seven to four to qualify from this group, which would make the alternative price of one to two for them not to qualify from this group. Um, that's that's obviously not the way to bet this. The, bet, the way to bet this is to take the eight to 11 on, um, on Russia and Uruguay uh, to qualify rather than taking the one to two that Egypt won't because Saudi Arabia are a non-factor. In fact, one of the side bets that I found was two to one for Saudi Arabia to lose all three games. Now, they start against Russia. I just cannot see them winning that. Uh, Russia have to start with a win here. Saudi Arabia won't beat Uruguay, and um, they, they probably won't beat Egypt either, because most Saudi Arabia are no most Saudi Arabia. Um, Egypt are a better side than Saudi Arabia. So that's worth looking out for as well. Do you have anything else in this group? No, I, no, I, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that bet, but that's an absolute... Uh, even though it's odds on, I think if you want some money to play with the later rounds... 
uh, eight to eleven for both um, Russia and um, Uruguay to qualify is a huge price um, in a sense that it's going to happen. There is, you know, e- even if the footballing gods transpire to to do something to stop Russia uh, qualifying, uh, I, I just can't see it happening. I think Russia and Uruguay will both go through. I think Uruguay win the group and Russia come as runners up. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's not a great Russia side. I mean, without looking through my special edition Russia 2018 World Soccer magazine, which is what we're using here for the team lineup. So so don't blame me uh, and Jeff if uh, anybody in your fantasy team isn't starting because we are using World Soccer mag. But um, I can't name you any Russian players at the top of my head that are, that are in any way world class, but I still expect them to at least get through the group stages. Um, we'll move on to Group B. So the winners of Group A... Um, we'll meet the runners-up in Group B and the runners of Group B will meet the runners-up in Group A in the next round. But we'll talk more about that in the second part of the show next week. Um, we'll start with the focus on the favourites, <clears throat> the Spain team, who have um, David De Gea in goal. Carver Howell, it says here, but I'm not 100% sure after what happened in the Champions League final. So I heard this morning that he's um, travelling for surgery and they're very all for work on it and they're, they're confident. Well, mate. But they're going to say that. <laughs> who, you know who comes in for Carver Howell? Fucking Aspilicueta, yeah, a world class yeah. right back who probably is as good or if not better anyway. So I don't know if you're really losing anything there at all. Um, Ramos and PK, the best centre back pairing in the tournament, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Jordi Alba, uh, Busquets and Koke, the best holding midfielders in the tournament. Um, David Silva, Isco and Iniesta, possibly the three best playmakers in the tournament. And Diogo Costa, who in his day um, could be one of the best strikers in the tournament. And obviously, I didn't make too much mention of this, but David De Gea, um, who has absolutely um, tons to do at Man United, and we still have an unbelievable defensive record. Imagine what he's going to be like with with absolutely nothing to do, having to make about two saves a game here. Um, I I love Spain in in, in this tournament, to be honest, as long as they can put it together. And um, the difference just between Spain and France to me is that this does look like more of a team. And uh, I fully expect Spain to, to win this group. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I'm looking at it you, using my um, my uh, uh, spine of the team theory again. You look at this and is possibly the strongest spine in, in the World Cup. You have De Gea and Goal, who's probably the best keeper in the world. PK and Ramos, who have um, regulars for their sides, the two best sides in, in world football. Then you've got in midfield, you've got uh, Koke and Isco as well. And then up front, you've got Diego Costa. He's he's horrible. You hate him. But, you know, when he plays for you, he's someone that you love. And this World Cup is made for him because he's one of them guys. He's not a flashy player. He's going to work his nuts off. He's going to run around. He's going to hassle. He's going to score goals. Um, and he's very un-Spanish-like as a player. But that will work in their favour because you've got all the creativity in the world behind him. And let him work so hard and, and score the goals. This Spanish side, make no mistake, it is a, a, it's a very, very, very strong side. Yeah, let's look at the Portugal team because Portugal are the European champions here and this is also a, a strong team. Uh, they've got Louis Patricio in goal, Cedric of Southampton at right back, uh, Bruno Alves and Pepe uh, in the middle, uh, Guerrero as the left back, Bernardo Silva of Man City in the team, Carvalho and Neves uh, of Wolves in, in the centre, uh, which is a strong uh, centre midfield pair, and Bruno Fernandes, and then you've got Andre Silva, who is a bit hit and miss, but I mean, should have developed into a world class player by now. He's just hit and miss at Milan, um, and Cristiano Ronaldo. This, this is a much stronger team that won the Euros. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I don't think, I might be wrong, but I don't think the, the Wolves guy, Neves, is, is going. He's not been named in the squad, I, I didn't think. Um, oh, okay. Um, but I may be wrong. Oh, well, that says a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, no, because there was a there was a big uproar. Um, they're a good side. They're a young side. 
Um, for me, Portugal, they're one of those sides, they play pretty football. When it comes to the knockout, the real sort of games where the... If likes, he doesn't play, it'd be Joe Martino. So yeah, it's really not... It's not yeah, pretty yeah. much of a match. These are one of those sides that they haven't got that instinct of, say, an Italian World Cup side where you have to win um, and you can real grind out games. I think they're a pretty side. I think they're, they'll qualify from the group. Um, they may go one stage further, but that, for me, will be the end of it. They're a work in progress. Maybe the next European Championships, the next World Cup, they're a young side. They'll be they'll be even better then. But this World Cup, they'll qualify. Um, maybe one stage, maybe one stage further than that. But that will be it, in my opinion. So the prices for this group were Spain one to two, Portugal two to one, Morocco sixteen to one, Iran eighteen to one. I would have a lot of money on a straight forecast here, five to four. I really don't know why it's priced at that. Spain win, Portugal second, five to four. Um, that is that exceeds a one hundred pound bet for me. Yeah, it's it's a great bet. Um, and if you start adding up, um, I mean, you don't want to go too mad, in my opinion, but if you can do two or three of these groups, um, whereby I think the outstanding bets uh, are very evident in the last bet that we said, where you've got Uruguay um, and um, and Russia to qualify, and then you've got this one with Spain to win it and Portugal to come second. If you start doubling them up, there's a lot of money to be made, um, some big odds, because um, I can't see anyone but those four teams um, going through yeah so if we now look at group group C um, where the standout team is France you've got France 1-3 to three, Denmark 4-1 to one, Peru 9-1 to one, and Australia 16-1 to one. again European teams here are, are, are much stronger um, let's what do you think of this, this France team let's, let's have a look I'll let you uh, yeah I'll we've you... got so we've got Lores in goal um, again a great goalkeeper prone to the odd mistake but um, most goalkeepers are but he's very good you got he's a, a sweeper keeper as well. Yeah, he's very good on the ball. It's the first sweeper keeper we've come across doing this. So you've got um, Sidibe and Digne as fullbacks. You've got Umtiti and Varane as centre halves, both playing one at Barca. Um, one Varane is at PSG, is he? Uh, Varane's at Real Madrid. At Real Madrid, sorry. Um, and then you've got uh, in midfield, you've got uh, Matidi, Kante, and Pogba. That's strong. That's very strong. And this is uh, the forward line. You've got Griezmann. Mbappe and Giroud, which is, again, you've got the lump up front, but all the creativity behind him. Um, we'll get on to cover this later, um, and I've got a, a special bet, but I think this could be the tournament where um, Antoine Griezmann really steps out of the shadow of all these other world-class Messi's and Ronaldo's. I think you'll find Griezmann on fire this tournament. Um, and I also think after his disappointing season, I don't care what anyone says, his overpriced um, price tag, I think you might see... Um, a different Paul Pogba because he's with he's more comfortable French teammates than having a spotlight on him at Old Trafford um, under a manager that probably doesn't let him play to his potential I think you'll see Pogba and I think you'll see Griezmann have great tournaments I, I think Mourinho will be looking at this very carefully because looking at Matuidi and Kante and what they will allow Pogba to do it's going to be very interesting to, uh, to Mourinho very interesting to United fans to see if they set them free uh, I think Giroud's an interesting person in this team because if you look at it I mean they've got Usman Dembele of Barcelona and they've got um, where is it uh, Mbappe uh, there as well so, so, so and and um, they could easily move and sorry Thomas Lamar of Monaco as well so they could easily move Giroud out of the team and put Griezmann into the centre allowing Mbappe and Lamar mm. to play out wide or, or Dembele and Mbappe or Dembele and Lamar it's just it's very interesting how adamant they are to get 
Olivier Giroud into the team. Saying that, I mean, he's got 30 goals in 71, uh, in 71 games, which is a better goal-scoring record than Anton Griezmann, who's got 51 games and 19 goals. And that's probably because Griezmann's constantly stuck out in his wide position where I don't think you get the best of him. I would honestly be looking to move Griezmann into the middle and playing Mbappe out wide with Dembele or, or, or Lamar. But obviously, I'm not, I'm not Didier Deschamps. And um, yeah, it's a lot of individual players in, in the squad, if you look at it. But... Um, the likes of Pae are not going. Uh, Martial's not going. So this 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 lineup that World Soccer Magazine have given out does look like a team. The back four looks decent enough, and uh, I really like that midfield. And it'll be interesting to see what Paul Pogba can do in that midfield. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, it's a lot of um, individual names, and sometimes if they can't gel them into a team, you will get a side like a Uruguay. Well, they're not um, in the team. That's the thing, Jeff. Lamar Lamar yeah. isn't Lamar isn't actually in this team. Martial hasn't been picked. For the squad, Dimitri Payet is not there either. It really seems like they've gone for one individual out and out. Indiv- I'd say two, two individuals there, yeah. and Mbappe and, yeah. and Pogba are really the main ones. Yeah, I, I think that it's a great squad. They'll, they'll qualify from the group, no doubt. Um, but again, when it comes to those in the World Cup, you always have the the flamboyant sides, and then you'll have in past World Cups the sides that can grind a win out. The Germanys, the Italys, of the they're not they won't have the most flamboyant players or the most skillful players but when it comes to a knockout tournament and a one-off game you wouldn't back against them this French side if they gel and it's a big if then you could see something special the bet I like here is a winner and last place double Uh, I like France first and Australia in last place because um, Peru as we covered from Copa America side a decent side they qualified quite easily they could push Denmark here for second place which is why I've not gone for the uh, straight forecast France and Denmark uh, winner, winner, runner-up, double. I prefer the first and last because Australia are significantly the worst team. Tim Cahill's in their squad, um, and he left the Premier League, even the Championship, a long time ago. So it doesn't really say much for them. I, I like France and Australia last. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's very. And clever. These are at Skybet. This one, by the way. I don't know, hopefully, you can find it at mybookie.ag. These are very clever um, betting techniques here from Bully because you could go um, as we have done for either the reverse forecast or the all the forecast or all the straight straight uh, ones who finish but as he says you could quite easily see Peru pushing Denmark who aren't anything spectacular another hard work inside but you could see the flamboyancy of the South American Peruvians um, easily finish second so agreed Australia are the worst side in the group and, and France to win it Australia to finish bottom is probably stand out better in this group um, and certainly you don't want to be you don't want to be backing against Peru um, beating or finishing above a, a Danish side who are just hard working nothing else We'll move on to Group D, which is headlined by Lionel Messi and 10 other players. <laughs> Basically, how it's just how everybody's kind of looking at this. The only thing is, is that, as per usual, looking at the lineup here in World Soccer Magazine, Messi's played, he's being played in that position uh, to get more strikers in, where he's been ineffective at every World Cup so far. So well, we'll have a look at the team here quickly before we give out the prices. The Argentina team that they're going for is... Romero in goal, who's the United subkeeper. Mercado at right back. Otamendi and Fazio centre back. Um, Taglafico. Taglafico. Don't, don't know about that player. Left back. Uh, Mascarano still there with Benega. Obviously, Mourinho said that Benega was one of the best midfielders in the world after we got knocked out to Sevilla. Uh, Lanzini, Di Maria, Lionel Messi in the holding, in sorry, sitting behind the striker, and Sergio. Aguero up front if um, if that is in fact the choice that could easily be Higuain because we don't even know if um, Aguero is fit 
what do you think of this and how would you how would you be playing this because they, they haven't they haven't included Dybala in a team right now I know that's the first thing you're going to pick up yeah he's going to be and you're quite right and, and Jeff I think, loves Dybala <laughs> you were a little bit harsh when you said it's Messi plus 10 I know some people say that for me Dybala's in that category with Messi and Ronaldo you know you're talking to the best players in the world Th- then why isn't Dybala it, there uh, in, in Messi's in the position they've got Messi in here which crazy. is where he would play yep. and then you can then you allow Messi I, to go free uh, with Argentina you look at their defence it's not strong you look at their midfield it's not necessarily strong now you've got look at these forward line you've got Higuain you've got Messi you've got Dybala um, you've got Aguero um, and you've got uh, Di Maria now if you can fit those four in somehow and have Mascherano doing all the donkey work that's the only way they're going to win the World Cup because, for me, the defence isn't strong enough. They have the five, four or five best strikers in the in the whole of the tournament, um, but they're only you know they're not even finding a place for Higuain or Dybala. That's scandalous. Those two should be starting. They play European football. They are top scorers in European football. Dybala is in the top three players in the world for me, and they're not even playing him. Um, they've got Aguero, of course. They've got Messi. If you can find a way to find those four players in the side, they've got a chance, but their defence is not going to hold out. So for me, they've got to score more goals than they concede, and it's not going to happen unless they play the best players. What's interesting in this group is is that it's not it's not it's not straightforward for me because you have a different team in this group who've also got four world class players, and we're, we're looking at the Croatia team here. Yeah, we've got Sabash in goal, Alasco, the right uh, the right back of Athletic Madrid, is one of the best right backs in the world, in my opinion, uh, up here on the right back side. Uh, Koluka and Lovren, um, Perovic. Bozovic, Rakitic, who's a world-class player. Perisic, who's a world-class player. Luka Modric, who's a world-class player. Kamaric and Mandzukic up front, who's another world-class player. In fact, I think I just named five. Yeah. Um, so, in fact, as a, on paper, are Croatia not a better team? And well, th- this is this is one of those sides that I touched on earlier when I said these sides that can grind out wins. You have France, who are a team of individuals, or you've got the Croatians, who are tight-knit. They've got four or five world-class players. They play together as a team. They're, even their world-class players aren't individuals as such. You see Modric to work on him, Persic to work, Rakitic, they work hard. This is a prime example of one of those sides that I mentioned that have world-class players, but they can grind um, a, a victory against anyone. And this is another one where I would um, go exactly as Billy said in the last one. I don't think I would feel comfortable choosing um, Argentina to finish above Croatia. I think it's 6-1, half a dozen the other. You right. could quite easily see a Croatia win the group. You could easily see Argentina and Croatia draw each other and yeah. Croatia beat the other teams more heavily because I'm looking at qualifying, Croatia have had the capacity to, to put teams more to the sword, whereas Argentina... Only got to this World Cup on the final game. Lionel Messi. There was, a, there was a lot. There was a lot of yeah. There's a lot of talk about Argentina not even making this World Cup, and they only made it on the final game. I like obviously this, the obvious bet here is ten to eleven for both Argentina and Croatia to qualify because I don't think Nigeria and Iceland are going to provide much as a threat. But my first big outside bet, and I'm going to give it a shout here at nine to two, is Croatia as the winner and Argentina is the runner-up as a straight forecast. Four to one, Sky Bet, uh, nine to two on, on odds checker. Yeah, Croatia won, Argentina number two um, as, a, as, a, as an outside bet. Not a massive lean, just half a unit, so £25 maybe on that one, which um, which will return you over over 100 and perhaps depending on what depending on where you bet it it'll be around about 130 odd quid yeah no, no, for sure the, the game that decides who wins the group is going to be um how many they score past the other sides 
I believe that Croatia Argentina could quite easily be a draw. Because uh, Argentina can score against anyone in the world with the front line. 137 50 off 25. Yes, so. but Croatia, they are a strong, strong side. They're one of the sort of sides I like in World Cup footballs. I like the Italys, I like the Germans, I like the Croatias. I like the ones that aren't just a flamber, I like the ones that can grind a victory out. And this Croatian side, they've been coming ready for this, and they are a dark horse. Make, make no mistake about it, they are a dark horse for this World Cup. Check this out, 10 to 1. You can do an exact finish of the group. We've got Croatia 1, Argentina 2, Nigeria 3, Iceland bottom, 10 to 1. I'm not sure, Nat, that Iceland were very, very impressive. It's 10 to 1. So. Iceland were impressive yeah. in, the, in the Euros when they beat England and knocked them out. Um, so again, it's it's a tough group to, to call. The only thing... If you say there's a group of death, I mean, this, this World Cup, the way it was drawn... Um, the, the format was kind of to avoid the, the group of death thing where you had kind of two strong seeds. I would say if there's any group that we covered, this is the most likely. Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's a tough group. I, I This is the group right now that I feel most uncomfortable placing a bet on, apart from the winners of the group and the runners-up of the group are going to be in any particular order, Croatia um, and Argentina. All right, so we'll move on to Group E, which is the complete opposite of that group in terms of it seems very clear to me in terms of who, who wins it um, Brazil 2-7 to seven, Switzerland 11-2 Serbia 15-2 and Costa Rica 16-1 to one. I guess the only issue here with, with Brazil is in terms of are they strong enough to win the World Cup is is their main man Neymar fit because he hasn't played all season and it's very difficult to not play all season and then come in and play but it should be a problem in the group. No, they've got they've got a lot of good players. And as you said, as I said earlier, what you find with Brazil and a lot of the South Americans is play either players that have never really hit it on the international stage or players you've probably not even heard of much come to light. Now, I like the look of um, the Man City striker Jesus because he's not one of those players that you're going to look at and say, oh, he's one of the best in the world. But do you know what? After this World Cup, he could quite easily score four or five or six goals this World Cup. And all of a sudden, people are then talking about a world-class striker. Um, they've got Neymar. They've got Coutinho. Um, they've got Paulinho, who um, was absolute awful at Spurs. They've joined Barcelona. Yeah. Um, has now turned into a world-class well, playmaker. Yeah, Messi, I don't know Messi, what happened. Messi played against him and, and asked him to come and sign. Uh, do you want to do the team now? Yeah, so so with the Brazilian side, you've got Alisson in goal. You've got back four of Alves, Thiago Silva, Miranda and Marcelo. That's a strong uh, defence. Probably with, the strongest defence I've ever had. Yeah, with um, Alves and Marcelino, very good full-backs. Thiago Silva, one of the best. Uh, midfield, you've got Fernandinho, Casemiro and Paulinho. So you've got the holder um, in uh, Casemiro. You've got Fernandinho, who all season with Man City has, uh, has won a lot of tackles and perfect for Brazil because it gives them the platform for the front three of Neymar, Coutinho and Jesus to go ahead and, and, and do what they need to do. It is a strong Brazilian side, make no mistake about it. I don't think the midfield is as strong as it could be. In past years, they've had Dunga, Holding and players as such, but um, you don't have that now. You've got Casemiro, Fernandinho and Paulinho. It's a strong side. It will go far. Will it win it? I don't know. Will they get very far? Yes, they will. There's nothing really for me here in, in, in this in this group. Um, I, I would again just just lean slightly towards the the, fir- the first and last place. I think Brazil are the strongest team. I, I think Costa Rica are, are the worst. Um, just but just only narrowly between Switzerland and Serbia. I think for me here, it's just this is going to be something that pops up on our parlays at the end of the show where Brazil are a good one to kind of slot into your, your group parlays or your group forecasts and whatnot. But um, there isn't too much in this group other than Brazil are, are clearly going to, going to win this group and have a little bit of a clear run to the, uh, to the quarters in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, very wise to avoid the, uh, 
the one-two because I couldn't tell you who's going to finish second um, out of Serbia or Switzerland. Switzerland are one of those sides. They're a good side. Serbia, you don't know what you're getting uh, with them. So uh, avoid the second place on this because I don't know. But yeah, you, you'll find Brazil possibly having this one wrapped up after two games with two wins. Um, and then they can rest a couple of players and um, bring in some of the players we've not heard of. But yeah, for sure, they're going to go close, Brazil, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, at, at, at the moment, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm looking at Group F, and uh, and uh, I've got I've got 250 pound earmarks for Brazil to reach the quarterfinals because all that involves doing is winning this group and beating either Mexico or Sweden in, in Group F. But we're going to cover Group F in part two because that is the end of part one. When we go on to part two, we'll be starting with Group F and finishing off the rest of the group. Then we'll be giving out those parlays. Then we'll be looking at the outrights. Then we'll be looking at goal scorers as well. So make sure you stay, uh, you, you download part two next week of the Worldcast podcast, World Cup podcast here on the SGP with me and Jeff Cohen. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.